I've looked at the social media as a form of, you know, seeing if other people in other areas of medicine or in their life can relate as far as like trying to let loose and trying to uh, look at everybody as human beings, not as a number. Because um, in medical, in medicine, we look at everybody as a case, um, as a diagnosis and a treatment. Um, but we don't look at them, the majority of times, don't look at them as human beings. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nurse Tori Selfie Show. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tori Meskin, aka at Nurse Tori. I am a nurse, uh, NP student, blogger, and now podcaster trying to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time. From providers, brands, and even businesses, I want to bring you all the amazing things going on here in the healthcare space. I hope you guys are all staying healthy and happy in your quarantine. These are crazy times we are in right now, and trust me, I feel you, which is why I wanted to give you a little relief from all the craze. Uh, I feel like this episode is going to be such a special episode and important to release right now, so before we dive in, I wanted to give you a little insight into the upcoming episodes. Um, Just to let you guys all know, these were all pre-recorded prior to COVID. We did a lot of episode batching uh, in January, February, and beginning of March. So I want to ease your mind a little bit on that. We may be shifting a little bit of how we record, but for now, I have so many providers and interesting stories still coming your way. Lots of content. So... I hope you guys are prepared for a fun episode today. Today, my guest is a pediatric neurosurgery, emergency, and medical PA. He's a U.S. Army veteran, a father, and holds a social media presence, dancing his way into the hearts of his patients, families, and colleagues. He's really bringing a positive light into a very heavy situation, and you guys, I can honestly tell you, he is such a gem of a man. So without further ado, let's welcome Tony Atkins to The Selfie Show. Okay, so Tony knows this. I have been chomping at the bit to get you here in studio with me. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Behind the scenes, um, I thought of this idea of a podcast about, I don't know, it was like a year ago. Yeah. And I approached you about coming on. You were literally one of the first people that I thought of to bring (laughs) on to this podcast. For several reasons. Um, so hopefully you guys are ready for a little pep in your step today. I have the amazing Tony Adkins, a.k.a. termed the dancing doc sitting here across Ooh. from me. <laughs> a sight for sore eyes. Yes. Thank you, Tony, for coming in today. It is more than an honor and a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's amazing. I know. This is a very busy man, you guys. For those of you who have been living under a rock, um, this is Tony Adkins, a.k.a. a pediatric neurosurgeon PA. Is that termed correctly? Neurosurgical PA. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a fun-loving dancing PA public figure. Tony and I have actually danced together. Yes, we did. I was looking at the video earlier this morning. I know. We just looked at it, too. We danced. If you guys haven't seen it, we danced to Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby one more, one more time. time. It was fabulous. Um, so his social media, just for those of you who don't know, was sort of this thing this small thing that has now turned quite iconic. Yeah, it's it's amazing how one um, gesture has gone so far, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't I didn't try. I just you know did something, and somebody filmed it, and then it just kind of exploded. Yeah, 
It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Tony f- has appeared on Good Morning America. Yes. Podcasts, several spotlight articles, um, a few local news stations, mm-hmm. talk shows in the Netherlands. Uh, he was on California Live. Um, also two Australian shows. Um, and now you're, we, we did a little research before you came in, you're all over YouTube and you have this amazing Instagram account. Um, so I'm really excited to have you in here today. Um, the whole goal today actually is to really get the real tea. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Tony. Um, (laughs) I want to dive into your specialty, Mm -hmm. um, as a PA in the neurosurgery spectrum, Um, I want to talk about your journey and, you know, how you ended up here today and how your life has kind of changed with everything. So let's get into the man behind the account. (laughs) All right. Um, So let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did you grow up? All those amazing things. Yes, I grew up in uh, South Central Los Angeles um, and I was the youngest of two older brothers. Uh, my mom and my dad got a divorce at, when I was very young. I can barely remember. Um, and so all I remember is that we I grew up in the area where, you know, my mom was struggling all the time to, you know, to keep the lights on, uh, have food, uh, clothes on her back, make sure I got to school and things like that. So she did all these different things. And at the same time, my older brothers were out in the streets and they were involved in gangs. And I stayed in a rough neighborhood. So in South Central Los Angeles, um, um, not too far from well, the same area where uh, Nipsey Hussle uh, was murdered. Um, it was nothing but gun violence, police mm-hmm. helicopters, sirens all the time. You know, some of my brothers didn't make it past their teenage, teenage years. And a lot of them went to jail, including my brothers. Uh, so I looked to music as a form to escape. Um, it was around the time when VH1 first started, then MTV, and then BET. Um, and so I just turned on the radios that they had, and I turned on the TV and just kind of kind of escaped. And I, t- I used music and dance to kind of bring me away from where I was at. Yeah. Um, and it helped me so much. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of... I don't even look at TV anymore. All I do is listen to music. Yeah. And because it, it kind of takes me away. I hear a song and it brings me back to so many years and so many memories. And it makes me feel amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were also enlisted in the Army. Is that correct? Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So it all kind of started back when I had G.I. Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> when I had action <laughs> figures. So I just said, love- okay, that's all from like <laughs> right, the 80s. Exactly. Those are our things. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, everything started long time ago for a reason it all started with me playing with my gi joes and then i got into boy scouts and i was in the boy scouts for a long time boy scouts did his job then i listened to military so the reason why i got into the military is because when i was in uh, high school junior high and high school i went to high school in malibu and pacific palisades high Mm. school um i wasn't pushed so i was in classes just above special ed so i was in I was in remedial classes, so and, and I was like the class clown. So <laughs> I didn't even think of, you know, what to do after high school until my last year of high school. 
And by that time, it was like, you know, you you should have thought about that in like 10th grade. Right. Um, so I didn't know what to do. So one day, Army recruiter showed up, and my mom was like, you should just, you know, go to the military, see what that has to do for you. Yeah. So I, list, I enlisted, um, and then I left October 31st, uh, 1994. Okay. You was probably in elementary at that time, <laughs> so or I not even there. Let's see, where was I? About I don't know. Third grade. So, <laughs> so, um, so that's where it kind of started, and from that day on, it was like an eye opener. You right. know, this is where I do not want to be, but this is once I get back home, this is not where I'm gonna stay. Um, and I knew the military gave me so much, you know, information, good, yeah. uh, heartfelt, you know, trustworthy, loyal, honorable, yeah. all those different things that gave me so much. And I used all the tools that I got from the military. And I said, I'm going to elevate myself and my family. And that's what I did. So when I came back, I just kind of sat in a quiet space and was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And I said, you know, I, I really like kids. Yeah. I'm going to become a pediatrician. Wow. Yep. Did, well, first of all, thank mm-hmm. you for your service. Oh, it was, it was a pleasure. Amazing. Thank you. And um, we're a big military supporter in our family. Um, so diving into the PA role. So did you mm-hmm. know, you know, you spoke a little bit about knowing mm-hmm. you wanted to go into that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your journey, becoming mm-hmm. PA? Mm-hmm. How did you, had this all happen? Yeah. So it was a long process because yeah. once I came back from the military, remember I was in remedial classes. So I had to I started at community colleges um, at Santa Monica College and West L.A. College. And I started from basically ground zero uh, from basic math, basic chemistry, all in biochemistry and second year calculus. How old were you at this time? Ooh, I was like. 18 because that's when bad the first bad boys came out <laughs> so a long time ago so 1995 <laughs> all right so uh so that's when that came out and i just started from there and i just kept going and um my whole idea was getting into medical school okay and once i decided that you know mcat was shooting me down every time i took it yeah (laughs) so then i was deciding between nurse practitioner and pa okay and um one pa student said you know you should try this and from there that's where i started heading because i went to I graduated from uh, Santa Monica College, transferred out, and went to four universities. First, went to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like it that much there, so I transferred back. And then September 11th happened, and I got mobilized in the military for two years. Wow. So then I came back in 2003, and then I got back into UC Riverside, did my neuroscience in UC Riverside, graduated from there. And then went to Loma Linda for Mass in Public Health and Global Health and Epidemiology. Okay. Um, and from there, that's when I got into PA school. Okay. And I went to University of Washington. So um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of listeners here that are uh, healthcare-based, but a lot mm-hmm. of new upcoming people who mm-hmm. are looking to some role models in the industry or maybe to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. What is the role of PA? Like what mm-hmm. is a little bit more into that role um, and what attracted you to that? particular line of work perfect so uh, what attracted me to PA is um, that I have ADD (laughs) I love this so do I 
hi severely so, i don't even know where to go like, so yes. uh so with that um pa satisfy my medical add yeah and pas can go anywhere yes only places that we really can't go is anesthesia um doing dealing with feet as a podiatrist or ophthalmology yeah there's only three areas that we really can't be in right. but everywhere else we can go right um so the reason why i chose pa because it's a two-year program yeah and then right when i get out i don't have to go to residency i don't have to do fellowship i can go into surgery i don't have to do and more hours to be able to assist mm-hmm. um, because we are trained underneath the medical model to assist the physician. Yeah. I want to speak to that a little bit because mm-hmm. this is one of my most common questions mm-hmm. via social media mm-hmm. is, you know, nurse practitioner versus PA. Mm-hmm. So something that the way I think of PAs, it's actually very similar mm-hmm. to the nursing, the BSN or ADN role mm-hmm. where it's you go into it and it's general. Mm-hmm much like that PA is general Mm -hmm. and you can kind of choose your specialty right afterwards. Mm -hmm. So you go into your PA, you get your training and things like that. And then you kind of find your way into like you, I'm also very much like that, Mm -hmm. a little ADD. Um, but versus nurse practitioner, Mm -hmm. we have you, I had to choose the specialty Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do much Mm -hmm. like medical field, Mm -hmm. medical field. You have to choose what you want to do and you Mm -hmm. have to niche down into that. And that is, your focus mm-hmm. yeah so and for me i can't be constrained yeah um and that's the reason why i didn't choose nurse practitioner yeah. as well as i kind of veered away from medical school medical school is just a way a lot it's like a whole lot of time yes it so. is. and a lot of money <laughs> yes it's a yes. lot of money it's like a it's vortex a <laughs> i yes. feel like pa is like the most undercover amazing job yeah no it's it's hands down it's i amazing. love what i do yeah you know, and the reason why I chose PA is because I can change at any time. Mm-hmm. Right now, I work, I do like four different jobs. Mm-hmm. So I work primarily, my main job is pediatric neurosurgery. Okay. And then on the weekend, I work in emergency medicine across the street at St. Joseph Hospital. And then I also round for the orthopedic surgeons every other weekend inside St. Joseph Hospital. And then I work in urgent care sometimes on a weekend in Hollywood. Wow. So I do all those underneath my PA right. degree. How do you balance all that? <laughs> I don't sleep. I, I, I have two jobs, but I can barely handle two jobs, much less two more. I know. It's just like the in living color. It was like the eight man. Yeah. I was like, eight man, you got three jobs before noon. Oh my God. <laughs> so, no, it's You're just, amazing. I just love, you know, when I, when I was in school, I studied... Uh, from the day, I, from the time I got up to the time I went to sleep, probably like around 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And I got up like around five or six. Yeah. And I carried that once I graduated. And so when I got my main job, I was like, I was in by seven and out by five. And I was like, what do I do with my life afterwards? Yeah, and yeah. have a weekend? What do I do with that? Right. Like, what do I do with my hands? I don't exactly, know what to do with my hands. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I just basically, you know, I always love surgery and i love emergency medicine and those are the two things that i love the most i didn't know which one i wanted to do the most so i said i just got to do both of them because pediatric neurosurgery is draining emergency medicine is fun so all of them are fun but i have to change it up a little bit so i can i can make sure i don't burn out yeah i think that's Mm -hmm. a big part of healthcare Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. is really finding something that you love and Yes. Maybe I love that you've kind of 
use your ADD to your advantage and you have all your hands in so many different things. Gotta do it. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) It's like, you know, what is your um, scope of practice look like in the PA role? All right, before we dive into that, I want to get specific about what I'm wearing. Majority of my home time is yoga pants and the other part is jeans and barn boots. But my work life is scrubs. I've been a Barco uniforms girl since day one. From the fit, tailored look, fabric feels, and longevity, this is the only brand I have worn throughout my nursing career. I'm partial to the Grey's Anatomy line, and let's get micro on this, specifically their signature line. That is my go-to. I'm also a huge fan of the newer Edge line. It is very sleek. Barco Scrubs has been curating scrubs since 1929, a 91-year company. How many companies can you say have been around for 91 years? If you're interested in joining the Barco Brigade today, head over to www.barcouniforms.com forward slash stores to find a retailer near you. Thank you, Barco, for your paid partnership. And let's get back to the show. Yes. Uh, so for pediatric neurosurgery, um, I work independent, but I still answer to my attending. Um, and so I can do a lot of um, uh, diagnosis and treatments. Yeah. And if I have any questions, I go to my attending. When I first started, I was like very attached to my attending. Right. Now I'm just, I know he's there. I'm kind of tethered to him. Yeah. Um, and then I go to him when I'm unsure of something. But I still go to him on all of the other like really critical patients that are coming in through the trauma center that need to be seen by all of the, the whole team. Right. Uh, emergency medicine, we're kind of like in our own little island. So we, we're seeing the fast track patients in the ER at St. Joseph Hospital and we do everything and we just go to the, the attendings and just tell them we have a patient coming in, this, 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 this is what I'm going to do with them and I'm, I'm about to get them out of here. But like, okay, I agree with you. Or they say, ah, maybe let me go check them out real quick. Um, and urgent care, you're it. So if yeah. you need to know what you're doing. So the uh, pediatric neurosurgery as well as emergency medicine has prepared me well to practice on my own in the urgent care. Um, but it's pretty scary when you have a lot of new um, providers coming out and they're starting in urgent care and they don't really know a lot. How long do you think it took you to get to the place where you feel comfortable? I don't know. I was out. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> so it, it, it varies. Um, when, I first, um, when I first graduated, I started in urgent care, but I was working underneath PAs that were been there for a long time. And I was there for a month, and then I started doing orthopedic spine. Um, so I did orthopedic spine for three years, and then I got into pediatric neurosurgery, and I've been there for four. And I've been in the ER out of all that time, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the ER, I was working only on the weekends, you know, probably four or five shifts a month. Mm-hmm. It took me like 90 days, it took me like a year and a half to feel confident. And the PA, it took uh, in the E, um, not the ER, but the neurosurgery. It took me almost probably about almost a year to two years because I was doing it every day. But it felt I was really confident after the second year. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes people feel great after a year. But you're uh, dealing with kids, yeah, and parents. Right, it's totally different. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I I get that question quite mm-hmm. often of like how often how when does when do you feel confident as mm-hmm. even a NICU nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's all over the board because mm-hmm. there's days where I'm like, I feel great. I'm mm-hmm. good. Oh, yeah. 
And then here I am seven years in and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. did not in- anticipate that curve, you know? No. So it's just, I feel like it's, it took me, I would say three years mm-hmm. before I really felt confident in a, yeah. in a role. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like there's days where I'm like, what yeah. is going on? But seriously, it's, it's sometimes it's scary. Yeah. Um, well, especially sh- in your role. Yeah. What, so what kind of diagnosis do you see? Like, what's your, your bread and butter diagnoses that you see, like, you know, your normal mm-hmm. patient kind of admissions and things yeah. like that? Yeah. So it's typically um, hydrocephalus, shunt malfunction, brain tumors, uh, traumatic brain injuries as far as falling off of buildings or skateboarders that don't like wearing helmets. <laughs> helmets, people. Plug helmets. for the helmets. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they work. Plug. <laughs> they work. They give me business if you don't wear them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are the main things is hydrocephalus, brain tumors, and traumatic injuries. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. And so right now it's, it's the easy... I don't call it easy, but it's it's something that I really I know a lot. So if somebody comes in with a traumatic brain in or not a trauma or a closed head injury, I'm in the ER. They usually stick me on it or something's going on with the back and they're having um, back pain and things going on the legs. Then they put me on the case in the ER because I I know it so much now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to go more into your micro life. So Mm -hmm. what does a week look like? for you mm. let's go back to your like schedule like what is your normal schedule yeah. like what do you eat for breakfast what is your morning routine oh man i i wake up probably like around 5 10 my alarm goes off my second alarm goes off at 5 19 <laughs> <laughs> so i actually roll exactly. out of bed at 5 20 <laughs> so. Uh, so I'm usually out of the house by 5:40 to get to my Star Bizzles to get me some of that yes, brown honey. drink. Yes, <laughs> so, gotta get that. Yes, give me some coffee. Caffeine. Yes, oh, I love coffee. Coffee me loves too. me. Uh, so then I'm usually in um, uh, sitting in the hospital around six o'clock to do my pre rounds where okay. I'm looking up the patients that we have there overnight or somebody that just came in overnight um, and then. I'm probably on the floor by 6.30, 6.45, running around, seeing everybody, making sure everybody looks okay. If any, if the more the more acute are the ones that are on the top floor, so I go to the ICU first, and right. then we kind of do something called gravity rounds. We kind of go down. So it's usually I'm rounding by myself at that time. And okay. then I, on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I go to the office and be the office by eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, universal start time in OR, OR is 7.30, so I'm running to the OR by 7.30. Um, so I'm seeing patients in the office on Mondays and Wednesdays, anywhere between uh, 10 to 20.30, um, and then um, monitor by 5 or 6. But the OR could be a really big case where we're taking out a brain tumor, or we are revising a VP shunt or putting a new shunt, um, and then we, and that's usually anywhere between an hour to the longest, probably like four hours. Where we're doing a um, epilepsy surgery, taking out part of the brain. It's so crazy. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Very but then Monday or Saturday uh, or Sunday that I'm rounding, usually around six in the morning. And then if I'm working in the ER, I got to be in the ER by ten o'clock. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
God, you're balancing a lot. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite part of the PA role? What's your, what do you mm-hmm. love about it? So the, the favorite part is uh, that I'm, I work w- alongside the doc and I can ask them questions if I have any questions that somebody I can reach out to. Yeah. Um, Healthcare is very collaborative. Very. And very. I think that's something that we don't talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. At least I feel like there's this stigma of like, you only have one person, you know, as a touch point. But mm-hmm. really, I think the reality for people coming into this industry or, you know, healthcare is very collaborative. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have you know, because be. we can make a mistake by doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of people that are out there that think they're heroes. Yes. And they do the wrong thing and they find out the hard way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, yes, that's a good point, mm-hmm. too, is that it should be collaborative, I think, yeah, is more yeah. maybe the point on that one. So <laughs> um, I would agree with you. So as far, what is your maybe the least favorite part of the role mm-hmm. or something that you feel like you, you're you like, Ugh, I don't love that part? Um, it's a lot of paperwork yeah. that, we, <laughs> that we have to Charting. do. <laughs> paperwork. Yeah. So, you know, being a PA you know, your whole goal is to make sure the physician is seeing patients, um, new patients, um, as well as uh, getting into the OR. Yeah. So the PA role is, you know, supporting all of those tasks, but at the same time, you're taking on all of the paperwork that comes in. And and if you have a busy practice, like when I was in orthopedics, um, we would have to do a lot of peer-to-peers. Uh, we had to fill out paperwork. You know, peer-to-peers on weird things like mm. ibuprofen. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, I got to call somebody, tell somebody else that this person needs ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of right. a lot of little things that um, once you're in a particular practice that involves a lot of adult patients sometimes, you have to do a lot of these, you know, going through because these insurance companies don't want to approve a lot of different things that are necessary. Right. And yeah. I think that's something that we mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. I think, to address head on is in the PA role, nurse role, nurse practitioner, all of us. Mm-hmm. It's very heavily uh, insurance based mm-hmm. and a lot of it is charting. Yeah. And it's yeah. not a fun part of no. our job. Chart your little heart out. Chart your little heart <laughs> out. And it's hard because, like, yeah. I'm probably, for you and I, I know. Th- your true love and your passion is with your patients mm-hmm. and it's hard when you feel like you have to take time away to do that it's mm-hmm. just oh yeah it's hard yeah. Oh, yeah. i'd love an assistant just to walk with me every day and just be like here here's yeah. your vital signs right. here's this here's what's <laughs> right. happened just need a little scribe yeah we need a permanent scribe for every nurse yes <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to go into the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's go into your social, mm-hmm. your social life. Um, I know you've you've told this story over and over, but let's hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> how did this whole how did this whole story start? Yeah. So, um, it it you know back to when I was a little kid. Remember when I was talking about the music and the dance and all those good things. That net was where everything started. Where. I use music and dance. I used it when I was just studying. You know, I can study and I couldn't study at home because it's too quiet. So I usually go to Starbucks and I put some earphones on and I turn on the music. Um, and so it kind of all started once um, I saw one of my patients. Um, he had just undergone childhood leukemia or beat that. And then he had something called pseudotumor cerebri and he had a Chiari malformation. So we had to do surgeries to adjust those things. Um, and we did those surgeries, but then he was in the hospital for an extended period of time. And, and I, I think he was, he was starting to get depressed. So, yeah. 
you can look at a little kid sometimes you can see the glow of their their eyes are starting to go down a little bit yeah you can and tell. i and i had that when i was a little kids and i yeah. used music and dance as a way to pull me out right. so i just turned on some music and when i saw him the next day and i just started acting goofy like i normally do and i started dancing he got up started dancing too and his mom filmed it yeah. and she put it on social media and then that's where it kind of took off I love that because yeah. uh, I'm a little bit newer in uh, my personal critical care mm-hmm. uh, nurse role. And it's been interesting because I'm working on floors where you mm-hmm. are circulating and it's heavy. You know, some of these diagnoses yeah. and, you know, it's a very real thing that these kids and parents are facing. And yeah. I think it's so remarkable that you are bringing a little light to a really heavy topic. It is. It's It's tough. You know, you go home thinking about your own kids all the time you know it, it's a hard job right. you know it only it's a selective few in the population that can take care of kids yes uh, because we see some of the worst things imaginable um and then you see the family looking there and they they're trying their hardest to cope with it and they know they can't do anything yeah because there's nothing that they can do they they can't put a, a band-aid from home on there mm-hmm. they can't uh, give them some hot chocolate and it'll go away or give them a kiss and it'll go away and, and they they're they're helpless and they're waiting for us to make sure we take care of their kids like they want us to take care of them right exactly mm-hmm. how has social media um, changed your life um it has changed my life in so many different ways um it's at home, my wife says, you're always on it. Get off of it. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, would, I feel like I'm exactly the same. Jacob's always like saying the same to me. He's like, God, stop. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so that aspect, she's like, really like, don't put me on there because I don't want to be on yeah. it. But at the same time, she looks at it as like, you're doing so much good. And right. people, you know, adore what you do. They do. You know, and. I've looked at the social media as a form of, you know, seeing if other people in other areas of medicine or in their life can relate as far as like trying to let loose and trying to uh, look at everybody as human beings, not as a number. Um, Because in in medicine, we look at everybody as a case, um, as a diagnosis and a treatment. Uh, mm-hmm. But we don't look at them, majority of times, don't look at them as human beings. It's hard because you do, you kind of almost have mm-hmm. to put that up a little bit mm-hmm. when you're in this to kind of survive. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I agree with you. I think bringing in that mm-hmm. more personal touch, yeah. it's amazing, you know. It makes a big difference. Huge difference. And people that will start to look at you as somebody that they should listen to versus, right. you know, we just looking at you because you're giving us medication and right. things. So. You know, you treat people with medications, but if you treat them as a person, as a whole, you know, you win regardless of what you do. Right. We're so we're both in obviously the medical field mm-hmm. and both of us have had. A, I mean, I'm dabbling slightly less than you are. But mm-hmm. um, how do you feel the medical field views the social media? Like, have mm-hmm. you had any roadblocks with that or do you feel mm-hmm. like you've had anybody sort of negatively? I mean, I know when I came mm-hmm. into this space. Mm-hmm. I actually met it with very warm, open arms, and mm-hmm. I think that's because I knew what my intention was, and mm-hmm. I know you. Mm-hmm. I've worked with you. Mm-hmm. You are truly the, a gem of a person. Oh, thank you. But I And I love what you're doing, but mm-hmm. I can see some old school people being like mm-hmm. not loving that. 
is that have you had any of that experience or what is your experience with oh, this yeah. i've had a lot of that yeah. <laughs> so on facebook um it's uh facebook is more the older generation right because yes, um, it was that. like you know when it first started it was like MySpace and then Facebook, <laughs> right? Who's your top five? Right. <laughs> so, yes. uh, so Facebook is more the older generation. Instagram is the newer generation. Uh, so on Facebook, if you go on Facebook, it's you know a, you get you know a handful of people that's like you not supposed to be like this with patience, right? Um, or, you know, what are you doing? You know, you should be taking care of patients, mm-hmm. not this. this is more of a, you know, because they, they are old school in the, in the fact that, you know, it should be doctor-patient relationship professional up high on the right. pedestal, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be coming down and, you know, having people laugh and have fun and putting it on social media. Right. Um, so you get a lot of people that all over the all gamuts of you know from saying that you're a doctor but you're not a doctor um why are you um acting like this because this is you're looking like a clown you know it's a lot of things so a lot of things that that are are hurtful and some of them i respond and some of them i don't if i respond then the the tony fans get them oh yeah we do yes i just say one little word and then everybody else's attacks so i i just kind of you know delete block yeah i love that yeah you know it's funny too because i think you know we're both in that space Mm -hmm. and i think what i love and what i've heard this from i think it might have been katie duke she said this you know we're now looking in Mm -hmm. this world you know modern day healthcare. Mm -hmm. people want to see an example of not only someone of how they want to see themselves, mm-hmm. but also representation of, you know, what they, you know, especially in the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. of like what we're doing. And mm-hmm. I think it's so amazing that this is where we can be going with it. And I think yeah. you're a true leader in that mm-hmm. way because, you know, people, you know, they need to hear the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing such a, as I said, like a light to mm. a really heavy place. Yeah. And I think it's really remarkable. I mean, the effect you've had on thousands and thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. just, and they're in your patients and the people who are looking to you. I mean, future mm. PAs, yeah. like people who can see that you can have this effect on your mm. patients. Right. Right. It's, it's, you know, sometimes it's mind blowing, overwhelming of, you know, how many people I've touched. When I was a little kid, I thought I said, you know, I want to touch a million people. I just want to affect a million people. Yeah. And now I have 2.1 million followers on Facebook. That's and I, crazy. And I've accomplished what I wanted. Wow. You know, and I'm literally known around the world. Yeah. You know, so it's and and it's just for doing something simple that anybody can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't invent the wheel. I just filmed it. Yeah, you did. And that's it. Yeah, it's, it's the easiest thing to do. Just mm-hmm. being human to other humans. Yeah. Do you have, oh, this is actually a good one. Um, how do you choose your songs for your dances? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we, we have, uh, you know, I, I have a, a few that I can go to in a pinch. Yeah. But I try to get the, the, the kids to pick something or the parents to pick something. Because yeah. I get um, messages to Facebook, Instagram, like, oh, we're, we're admitted in the, on the floor. Can you come by oh and, and dance with us? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Just pick a song. I'll be. <laughs> 
you there in the morning. Yep. So and- that's literally what you did when I did because I yeah. asked if you would. And oh my god, Tony was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 cut the rug." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, I love you." So it's it's so much fun, you know. I I get so much joy just by taking away some of the things I've seen throughout that particular day. Yeah. You know, because you can imagine ICU sometimes is full of neurosurgery patients. Yeah. And they're from not doing so great to all, like, they're going to go home the next day. So we see a lot of things. And just doing this little gesture of just enjoying myself being in the hospital, it takes the stress off of me. Because we don't have anything in the hospital as far as taking care of providers. Um, providers yep. are, are trained to take care of patients, treat them, and get them going wherever they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if we lose a patient, there's nothing put aside for us. There's yep. a lot of things put aside for the families. You know, you get the chaplains involved, you get nurse, mm-hmm. you get all the uh, staff coming in to help the family. But the providers that, and the nurses that have spent countless hours taking care of son or daughter Mm -hmm. we don't get anything yeah so we need to find something for ourselves and this is what i do for us in the hospital yeah i love that too it's Mm -hmm. funny because quite a bit of your videos do include you know people who are caring for the patients the nurses Mm -hmm. you've got some rts you've got everybody in there you've got even a fellow doctors like i love that because Mm -hmm. i agree with you i think that that's a big part of the healthcare industry we don't talk about Mm -hmm. And I think it is coming to the forefront about, you know, burnout Mm -hmm. and, you know, you start feeling this like, you know, you come in the hospital and you're like, you just feel the weight of it. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun because anytime someone I know, I've seen people light up when you walk in, they're like, what's up, Tony? (laughs) Like, you know, you see down the hall, I'm giving you a wave. Like, it's just a light up moment. And you just have, I think that's amazing. You're right. It's like bringing a little fun Mm -hmm. to us, even yeah you know it's fun for the providers as well like exactly it's great i think it's great for everybody yeah no i agree you know it's it's a hard uh, topic to talk about as far as we're losing patience and our and our burnout yeah um but when we have something to kind of hold on to every day that we kind of see each other then it's something that something a little bit different yeah you know to break up the monotony yeah in one of the first episodes that i um, had my girlfriend um, Taylor on. She's a, a, a NICU nurse as well. And she, one of her points was, mm-hmm. you know, the best part of her job was coming in for the people. Mm-hmm. Like she loves her people. And I think it's so mm-hmm. fun to embrace the people around us. Mm-hmm. And it makes your job so much better when you're yeah. around the people and like positive, good energy. Mm-hmm. I think it also helps providers be a better provider. Yeah. When I'm, when I go in, after I see you and I have a moment, like we dance and then I go into my patient's room, mm-hmm. I'm I'm great. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm good. Like yeah. nothing is, you know, you can kind of like tackle yeah. the day a little better. Right. I think it's a really good, and mm-hmm. we don't talk enough about, we don't really embrace that mm-hmm. or talk enough about it. And I love mm-hmm. that your platform is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I get calls from residents and nurses and before they ask me a question, I was like, Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. You know, cause I want to know, because I want to make sure you're taken care of. Cause we are crying inside sometimes. Yeah. You know, cause I've, I've lost patients and I've cried in bathroom stalls. I cried in stairwells, yeah. you know, and all these areas. But, you know, we don't. Utility closets. Yeah, right. Supply closets. <laughs> exactly. We've all done Everywhere. It. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So we just got, sometimes we have to <laughs> pause and take care of uh, each other. Yeah. 
Um, do you have any advice for upcoming potential people in the healthcare industry, PAs, future PAs, Mm -hmm. um, or any, you know, little pieces of words of wisdom for them? Yeah. So, you know, you always have to uh, get back to why you're doing it. Um, it, it shouldn't be because somebody else told you to do it. Um, it, it should be based off of your ideals and beliefs and morals and values. Um, because this job is not for people that just want to make money. Yes. This job is, is designed to take care of your, your neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to do it in this type of way through medical, through medicine. Um, so you have to make sure this is what you want to do and go forth. Um, if this is one to do because you want to be in social media guru, it's not for you. Yeah. Um, don't try to go into medicine thinking you're going to be a social media star. Yeah. It doesn't happen right to everybody. Yeah. And no. it, to me, I, I still can't believe it. It's me. I, di- I didn't do anything unheard of. It right. just landed in my lap. But this is not what I'm here for. I'm here for taking care of my little buddies and their mm-hmm. pa- and their family. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because I do think that's something where, like, moving in my space, and you and I kind of, you started a little bit before I did, I think, with the social media, but mm-hmm. I started, and both you and I had been in the industry for several years, and I think being able to speak on, you know, the real, the real tea, mm-hmm. you know, like healthcare, it's, it's hard. It's a mm-hmm. hard thing to go into, and I love that you touched on that about it's not about the money. It's really not about the money. Yeah. Yes, do we make good money? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Like that's of course we do. But yeah. it's also, you know, a very it's tough when you are going in every day mm-hmm. to heal and mm-hmm. to try and make really tough situations a little bit better. Yeah. Um and I love that you, you know, I mean that's a big part I think for mm-hmm. future providers that are going into this just mm-hmm. being you know, I think the big message here, at least I think from your message is mm-hmm. like, you know, really love what you're doing, mm-hmm. go in and you can find a way to make an impact on the world. Yeah, it's correct. You know, cause it's, you know, what I have at the end of all my emails is by Irma Ballback. It states that when I stand before God at my end of my life, I would hope I have not a single bit of talent left and can say, I use everything you gave me. And that's what I live by every day. It's not about, you know, me trying to make the next thousand likes, but yeah. it's about me uh, taking care of one patient the way that I want to take care of them. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, it is more than a pleasure and honor. Before <laughs> we head out, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so first of all, give yourself a shout out. Where can everyone find you? Yes, yes. So um, I am on Instagram, which is T underscore Malone three. Reason why is T underscore Malone three was when Weatherman came out. It was John Burgundy, and I was like, I want a Weatherman name. So I said <laughs> T Malone. <laughs> and unfortunately, when I start getting famous, I can't change it because nope. Instagram. If you get over ten thousand followers, 
then you can't change your name anymore. Yeah, so <laughs> you're verified though. You got that check mark. It's right. great. You don't even need it. You don't need to change your handle. You're fine. So it's T Malone three, which I was a weatherman name. Fabulous. Um, and then on uh, Facebook, if you uh, go to Facebook page is Tony Atkins. So Tony and spell Atkins A D like David K I N S. Love that. And then before we head out, do you have any resources or anything that you feel yeah. like um, someone could take a piece of value from podcast, Netflix, a book, mm-hmm. anything that you think might be good? Um, there was a, one book is The Alchemist that I really loved um, was and it just basically has a lot of little nuggets of information to mm-hmm. help people keep going um, as well as, you know, just taking a look at a lot of self-help books there's a lot of them out there that i used to read um, i totally forgot i think tuesdays and maury uh, was one <laughs> but uh there's a lot of them out there that really helped and if you're interested in pa you know you can go on the aapa uh, websites or nccpa i'm heading there in uh, to georgia in february it's gonna be awesome Ooh. um but these are the different things that if you're interested in pa uh-huh. and you're on the fence of pa versus nurse practitioner um it kind of gives you a better sense of what's the difference mm-hmm. um as well as pa nurse practitioner md uh, what's the difference because there is a yeah, huge is, difference there is yes yeah and before you jump the gun or jump off the cliff to one you got to make sure you got on a good vest and yes. know uh, know what you are getting into yes 100 mm-hmm. percent. uh is there anything that's coming up that you're participating in or doing that uh people can look out for yes i'm doing a uh quite a bit uh so supposed to be uh, elementary school just asked me if I can be a principal for the day. I don't know what, I don't know what that awesome. entails, but <laughs> I'll be a principal for a day. <laughs> There's awesome. dance lessons all day yeah. long. Um, and then uh, going down to uh, NCCPA, which is the National Certifying Body of Physician Assistants in Georgia and is looking at PA ambassadors. So I'll be going down there in February. And then in November, I've been called to go to Italy and I'll be speaking in Italy. So that is pretty Whoa. bomb. Amazing. What is that for? Um, So it's basically talking to a bunch of different uh, folks as far as um, palliative care and how we treat patients as a whole spiritually Mm -hmm. um, and kind of moving forward in that realm of medicine. Um, so now I'm going to be termed world-renowned Tony Atkins. Oh, look at you. So fancy. Oh, my fair. Also, I can say I kind of love this because you've started the bow tie trend. Yeah. And I love it because every I've seen so many pediatric like residents coming in with their bow ties. I'm like, yes, I love this. So the reason why this started is when I was in um, training, um, took down a colostomy bag and had a boat had a, a regular tie on and I took down a colostomy bag my tie fell into the juice oh my god <laughs> so, never even so I that. cut that off oh you're like that's not happening anymore <laughs> exactly god, slapping patients in the face and getting it in the colostomy yeah. juice Mm-mm. so that was no. not good <laughs> ever since then gotta keep it tight and keep it up <laughs> I love that fabulous well it looks very good on you thank you so. thank you thank you <laughs> alright well thank you Tony for coming in today I I can't, words cannot even express. Oh, no, it's it's more than an honor and a pleasure, like I said. So hopefully you guys got some amazing uh, advice today and learned a little bit more about this amazing man. Yes, indeed. All right. Holla. Holla. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I truly value your time and look forward to bringing you more selfie shows. In order to support the show, please head over to rate and review the show. Let me know what you think. I really want to hear from you. Please be sure to follow us on Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtory.com and be sure to check out those show notes below. Uh, There's a lot of information down there about our guests and sponsors and thank you so much for listening. Catch you guys next time.